0: I love the Power Glove. It's so bad. Yeah, well, uh, just keep your Power Gloves off her, pal, huh?
1: Join us now as we journey to the very furthest outskirts of our fair podcast jurisdiction. The Dark Days, the End Times. The year of 1989. (laughs) The sand has almost run out on the decade that is the 1980s. The year Mr. Mom would put on a bat suit to beat the stuffing out of criminals. The year Schwarzenegger turned out to be Danny DeVito's evil twin. Where poet societies were dead, kids were shrunk. And Universal brought us The
2: Wizard. Brent, this was uh, this was one of your polls. Why The Wizard? Uh, this is one of those movies that I watched repeatedly. Ironically, the other one that I watched repeatedly was the Michael Keaton Batman.
1: And frankly, I've seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids a lot of times, too. But...
2: Um, so, I remember loving this movie, and as I think back on certain parts of it, I'm like, Man, that sounds dumb when you think about it. (laughs) So I was very interested to see how it held up. And, like, we don't really do video game-related movies anymore. I mean, like, you could maybe make an argument that Ready Player One is, but you could make a really good argument that it's not at all. Oh, come on. I don't know about that. Not at all? playing video games. It's just, like, a nostalgia. Well,
1: it it is largely not just centered on video games. It's general nostalgia of that entire decade. Which I sure. totally bar Oh, I hate 80s nostalgia. Now, I, know I think do. it's the worst. I, <laughs> I've been meaning to talk to you about your attitude.
2: <laughs> I, I can't imagine why you joined this podcast. Actually. I'm trying to think of other
1: video game movies. There was obviously Super Mario Brothers. With Bob Hoskins. and.
2: Uh... Sure, I more meant like movies that featured video games but weren't necessarily about them. Okay. Mm. Yeah, you really narrowed down that pie chart. Hey, look man, you could say something like time tra- time travel romance movies with Rachel McAdams and there's still two <laughs> entries. <laughs> That's so true. So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think there's room here. All right. Fair enough. I well,
1: you know, I I said when you uh when you proposed this one, I'd never seen this movie before. Uh I I knew of it and I'd seen I remember seeing it like advertised back in the eighties and I thought that looks cool. Did I've you really not, not see it? it? Like
2: or did when you watched this you remember no. like, oh right, it's that
1: one. Never saw a single scene. Wow. All right. Until a few days ago when uh, I watched it. And I watched it uh with my whole family. It was everybody was watching this. Uh so the the kids did enjoy it. The kids it, it held up for the kids. Uh so um yeah, let's let's get into it. It uh it opens with what looks like some sort of freakish alien-looking stretchy figure, uh, like, because you're getting that weird heat mirage yes. off the highway, yeah. and it stretches the solitary figure up so much, and it looked like one of the greys from, like, I don't know, any of those alien abduction movies <laughs> walking towards you, and I was like, wow, this is really, you know, close encounter. really dark movie. <laughs> uh, which turns out to be uh, uh, the title character of the wizard himself, Jimmy. Jimmy. Uh, walking out to uh you don't get much from the bodines and i just got to tell you i had a bodines cd in i want to say mid-1990s and this was 89 so this movie's ahead of the curve on uh, i've actually seen
2: the bodines in concert have you as then? long as we're competing for bodines uh, i like them i they mean they were, were good. awful oh in concert they were awful Oh, well, this is only like four years ago so oh was dear like, <laughs> Was that like yeah, bronze? this was not the typical um yeah
1: so yeah i thought this movie was ahead of its time musical selection wise um i was alarmed when a uh prop plane comes within looked like 11 feet of the ground oh my god it's so close it looked like something out of that Hitchcock film where suddenly the guy's just walking along the stretch of road and the bad guys find him and they just try to gun him down from the from the biplane that's like flying over the crops.
2: Holy, this, he came so close to the ground and he's... Well, it's funny, so when he's like searching, I kind of get why you'd be low. But then he does another flyby, like for no particular reason, and he's right next to that yeah. cop car. And he's radioing to the cop, he's like, "Yeah, I found him. I can get him if I just come around for another pass. Yeah. I'm just gonna reach my hand down and yank him up
1: as I go <laughs> yeah. by." And he's waggling his wingtips too as he oh flies my God, over. It like, did not look Would safe. you please pull up? Uh, and the cop who's in the squad car is like, "Yeah, I got him." Picks him up, and the, the, you get the first instance of where are you going, son? And, and jimmy says california and this becomes the mantra of my the brother movie. and i used to say that each other a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this becomes like everybody's problems will be solved if they can just get to california throughout hey, this you don't have
2: a hard time disagreeing with that <laughs> it works for me it works for jimmy listen i you know to uh to
1: just to clue in the audience a little bit uh, both brent and i live in california
2: and I don't know how you wouldn't know that if you it was really
1: yeah, well, I mean it's a podcast it goes wherever you go right, that's right, and I, I mean we have it's the illumination, not the Illuminate. state, <laughs> right, the Illuma world, yeah, um, and I gotta tell you it's uh it's okay, <laughs> but I like I like California, it's great, we have a good time out here, but it's I don't think it like solves anybody's life to move to California. It <laughs> doesn't seem like it's got it so like California in general. Especially, uh, yeah, when he goes to that bus station later on, it's like ticket to California, please. The guy's like, uh, just California. Yeah, I love that he's like, do you want me to just drop you off at the border? What are you talking about, man? Uh, but we get ahead of ourselves. He, he the cop, gets Jimmy back in the car, and he's going to take him back to his mom. And he's radioing in for help, and the woman on the radio at dispatch, for some reason, has to mention she's remarried. Like that's relevant in some capacity to the cop who's found the kid,
2: which is funny is because, like. So, uh, I guess the idea is that they're trying to key you in on the family relationship here, which is which that is the mom's divorced and remarried, but then you, like, as they go, they really don't explain it. Because, like, there's this one throwaway line about, like, oh, I guess he's my half-brother, so I wouldn't care. And then, like, we spent half that movie trying to figure out why yeah. they were half-brothers. I I really <laughs> made a
1: lot of effort to try and figure out the complete family dynamic here, because <laughs> it is not simple. Yes. The mother is divorced and remarried, but the father, when he was married to that mother, she was not his first wife; she was his second wife. And two of the two of the three kids had a different mother, who was either dead or simply moved away somewhere else after she divorced. No yeah, bridges. Who
2: knows? It's well, complex. So the other thing that's confusing is so you know after this scene they. They're, I guess it's once they've run away, but anyway, they they have this scene where Bo Bridges says they're all my sons, and the mom's like,
0: "Oh, that's touching."
2: And you think about it, and you're like, "Of course they are. No, he's their biological. Of phone. course they're all his sons." Like it was like, why would that even be up to, for debate? Yeah,
1: I don't know what was going on. There. And when when she says this on dispatch, she's remarried. It kind of felt to me like it was. Now this is eighty nine. This is the tail end. of so, I don't know what it was like back then, but it felt like in the early to mid-80s, characters in movies and TV who were divorced, or from families with divorced people in them, mm-hmm. still kind of like an unusual thing. It was it was almost strange, You'd, like you would have, like, like even the mom in, in E.T. having separated from the father was like an unusual condition. It wasn't just an everyday occurrence right. back then. Although, actually, yes, it was. Of course it was. Yeah, it but just wasn't in the wasn't movies. In yeah. yeah, in the movies it wasn't usual. But it, they treated it like, this is strange. So when she said, she's remarried, I thought,
2: yes, well, you have to point that out. It's an unusual situation. But I like that, you know, they don't make a huge deal out of it. I mean, they do kind of the staple evil stepdad thing a little bit. Oh. But like... Yeah.
1: Yeah, we, we meet the mom and the stepdad, and the stepdad
2: is quickly established as a huge jerk. I swear to God, he's that actor, is that character in several 80s movies. Oh, yeah. I should have looked him up, but like... I,
1: I actually recognized
2: him immediately as being from the Tracy Ullman show, Springboard of
1: The Simpsons. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He was part of that ensemble cast that did sketch comedy on the on the Tracy Ullman show, and he always played kind of a jerk. <laughs> He nails it. He and. does nail it. Um, and they're, the mom and the stepdad are, are are meeting with a woman at some sort of school. It looks like a school for maybe kids with special needs. Um, It's obviously some sort of care center. There's lots of toys and games and stuff around. Right. She may be like a full-on child psychologist, we're, we're not told. Or she may just be, like, a teacher who just, works at this special staircase Just ed- their caseworker or yeah, something. Yeah, like I, I don't know. But they've, they've been going there a couple of years trying to... Hoping that Jimmy's condition, whatever Jimmy's condition is, would improve and it hasn't
2: helped. Well, so, I mean, this is maybe getting a little ahead of ourselves because we aren't supposed to know why he is this way yet. Yes, we don't know anything about that. But, yet. like... Because I remember thinking... Like in retrospect I w- once I learned what autism was I was like oh I guess that kid in the wizard was autistic but if you actually like think about it like no he wasn't at all he was just fucking traumatized he does have some autistic um uh
1: uh traits uh some some some, some, sure. some that line up with autism but some that don't and like and he so, does not seem to mind being touched yeah uh, um
2: I mean, granted, the nonverbal stuff and, like... He's very nonverbal, he doesn't look
1: anyone in the eye, and, and you know, he kind of has some, some social issues, but that could go a lot of different ways. Could be anything. Also, he got better. He does get better.
2: <laughs> Which means it's not often.
1: he's He's in this place, um. and he's, he's constructing, like, a... Le- I don't know if it's Legos or some other building set. Some sort of
2: tower. Yeah, he's making the tower... Okay, which he also made with the, like, popcorn boxes later, later. on. W- what was that for? That's, we
1: don't know. And we are never They never tell
2: us? Told.
1: He's making these structures. And the caseworker, social worker, child psychologist woman, she says, I would like to think that these structures he makes have meaning and that they represent something that he's trying to, and so you're thinking as an audience member, well, this is going to pay off later. We will find the key that unlocks the mystery that is these
2: building sets. Never told. I really like that dialogue, though. She's like, I'd like to think that these are him trying to express himself, and he just can't find the way. And the dad's like, but you don't think that? <laughs> and she's just kind of like...
0: Ugh.
2: But I'd like to. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, God, this is rough, man. Yeah. This is heavy for... <laughs> Iron... Like, is like a Nintendo commercial for the most part.
1: <laughs> yeah, this movie had some surprising heart in certain places. Yeah. Um, and the... Caseworker says that Jimmy is a severely traumatized boy. So, okay, now we know there was some sort of trauma that um, that contributed to this oh, I didn't condition. actually hear her
2: say that. I missed that.
1: She said, yes, he is a severely traumatized boy. So, okay, now we know there's some sort of incident, but we don't know anything about it. And Jerky Stepdad says, well, we're talking about having an institutionalized. And just like, please is Punch to be laying that out there. We want to institutionalize this boy and get him off our hands because he's just yeah. such a pain. Like, all right, great. And the mom is silent, says nothing, doesn't seem to speak up for the son at all. Throughout this movie, the I, mom have, I have problems with this mother. Son. Yeah, she never steps in. Um, we then meet Jimmy's biological father. Also the biological father of all the other kids in the movie. But the biological father of Jimmy, Beau Bridges of fabulous Baker Boy's fame. The less attractive Baker Boy. not the Not the dude, the dude's brother. <laughs> um son of Lloyd, yes except well you know um and the brothers who okay so these two are brothers they are full brothers to each other half brothers to jimmy
0: mm-hmm.
1: um fred savage from the wonder years and i mean from the wonder years like it was <laughs> Maybe it was before it like it was they both both were season, they season one of wonder years and this movie came out in the same year Wow. So he may have been, like, riding his bike back and forth between sets on the lot or whatever. Who knows? Because it was concurrent. Um,
2: yeah, Kevin Arnold was just being born. And you point. can tell it's early Fred Savage, because, like, for a kid actor, he was pretty good back in the day, but in this, he's not. I mean, he's he's fine for a, whatever he is.
1: Oh, it wasn't like the tour de force he delivered in Little Monsters. <laughs>
2: It's exactly at like the door. <laughs> of course, he delivered in little monsters, but I think like he he actually like <laughs> with the how to handle, handle stuff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. But the other thing I was thinking of Fred Savage in uh, the Princess Bride, which is a fantastic movie. yeah. Oh my god, and he was great in that small role. He nailed that tiny role too. He was he was perfect as the, well. That was his
2: first thing, wasn't was it? it really? I, I, Princess Bride. Well, I'm not positive, but I thought it was it's probably if not his first
1: thing amongst his very
2: first. Yeah. thing. I mean, how much younger? He was really small.
1: Few? Yeah. Um, and then the other brother, the older teenage brother, is Christian Slater, and I'm like, who the hell knew Christian Slater was in this movie? I sure didn't. I never knew. I, I mean, I knew about this movie. I'd seen teen, advertisements and posters. Christian Slater. Nobody right ever off the told cover me. Of, yeah. Teen Vogue or whatever. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, this was him, like, fresh off of... uh, Well, not... He might have been filming Heathers shortly after this, but Heathers came out the year after this. Oh, okay. Um, And Gleaming the Cube... Gleaming the Cube came out... uh, No, Heathers came out the year before this. Gleaming the Cube came out the same year, 89. Um, I've never... The skateboarding movie.
2: It's his, his, like, I'm Tony Hawks, but we're going to have a dramatic story. It's funny... I was talking to someone today about skateboarding, and they said something about gleaming the cube, and I was like, I guess that's just to know what that is, but I'll just let it go. Oh, yeah. It's it's an 80s thing. What are the chances that that would come up twice in the same day? Um, there's quite a few
1: big names in this film. I mean, Bo Bridges, Christian Slater, the Fred Savage. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, dad is making the typical single dad casserole, because dads without moms can't cook. And anything they put in the oven going to burn and they're going to be inedible, right? Because we've never seen a dad who could cook. <laughs> and I say that as a dad who can't cook. Yeah. I would totally burn the casserole I can't do it.
2: You put a timer, man. It's not complicated. I wouldn't even know how to prepare the casserole to put in the oven. That's fine. It can still taste like crap when it comes out, but you really shouldn't burn it.
1: That's true.
2: I mean, the, here, Okay, for any dads listening that don't know how to cook, follow the recipe. Even, it's not rocket science.
1: Even if you don't have a like a timer built into your your oven, you can still like have an egg timer or something that anything goes on. Um, and we hear from Fred Savage that uh, he found out somehow that Jimmy is going to be. Instituted. He saw Jimmy somehow, but did he see Jimmy on Jimmy's sojourn down the middle of the desert highway? Like, did he see him on his way out of town and say, "Jim"? I hey, don't
2: know. I guess. I guess he was just hanging out at the kids' home or whatever. Yeah. And, and they're like, Corey, isn't that your brother walking down the highway? And he's oh, like, oh, shoot. Isn't that your
1: brother in a home for disabled kids? Well, he hasn't gone there yet. He's going there. They're going to put him in an institution. Oh, you're right, you're it's right. It's going to happen, and he's really upset. Wants the dad he must to have step just up. visited the mom. Yeah. He wants the dad to step in, but the dad... You could tell Bo Bridges is, is kind of disturbed by this knowledge, but, but... he's also fully aware that he has zero custody and he can't do anything. said so that's Christine's... Christina? Christina's. It is Christine's... Mm. Whatever. It's, so, it's his mother's decision. And Fred Savage storms out. Christian Slater chases after him and says, Hey, hey, just calm down. Why don't you let me take you over to the Dairy Queen? Get you some ice cream? Make you feel better. I can't imagine any older brother doing more to make their younger brother feel
2: better. He was Fred's, a very nice older brother.
1: Fred Savage says, you only care about yourself. Like, in what way is that just caring about himself? Now you find out later, Christian Slater might have had something to do with some of the trauma that Jimmy suffered. Or at least he feels, he, he feels
2: responsible. I guess. We, we don't really deal with him feeling guilty at all. Yeah. He just more laments his shitty relationship with his dad, but th- that might have been from his dad blaming him for th- that, but they never actually say any of that. I
1: think Christian Slater's character is is has worked through it and has kind of like gotten through it and is over his responsibility for it. He's kind of like forgiven himself for what happened, whatever that may be. But Bo Bridges hasn't. But Bo Bridges hasn't, and Fred Savage definitely hasn't. Uh, and then suddenly it's like a few days later, and this was glaring to me because... The scene change is so brief and and without notice that we only saw these characters for like 15 seconds anyway. We don't even <laughs> remember what they were wearing a few days ago. This could be the same day, but apparently now Jimmy's already in an institution. Yep, the address is. for which Fred Savage is holding in his hand up in his room while he is
2: avoiding the arguments going on downstairs between Beau Bridges and Christian Slater. Who... To make this even more confusing of a time jump, are arguing about the same thing that you're arguing about at <laughs> dinners or the dinner or yeah, whatever, whatever it was that they were arguing about. You're just like, stop stealing the truck and drinking, Christian Slater. Yeah. Yeah. Three and days in a row, come on.
1: <laughs> and Fred Savage is throwing, he's lobbing his darts at his map of the United States, landing on various states that don't seem to do anything for him. Then when he lands on California, he repeats the mantra of the film, which is California. California. Suddenly, inspiration strikes. Makes up his mind it's right then the, and there that I hit that one. I am going to run away, steal my brother and run away to California. It doesn't say any of that, but that's exactly what he's going to do. And what I love is that he runs away with a canteen and a skateboard.
2: He's got a but he's got a backpack. He's also a got a, a backpack full of shit like yeah. uh, a monster mask, a rubber spider. <laughs> it's like all this random stuff
1: and he's got a canteen dangling off of it and he's got one of those super fat wide skateboards yeah which later on you see them coasting down the highway on like sitting on it like yeah. a like a like it's a boat and I used to do that on my I lived on a dead end street I used to like I used to coast down the dead end street just sitting on it and giving like the little kids down the street rides around the street on the, nice. on the fat skateboard um savage goes to bust his brother out of this high-security mental health institute. There's no security at all. It's about as secure as your average, let's say, deli. You know, you can... Anyone can walk in.
2: Anyone can walk out.
1: No one one will bother you once you're inside. Well, it's
2: not like... It's not a psychiatric facility or something. I'm not sure what it really was, because they definitely made... There weren't even, like, locks on the When I...
1: The, fo- the stepdad says we're having it institutionalized. It is the Green River Institute. Ah, oh, yeah, yes. And it's got a doctor's name underneath the institute, and he just walks in. There's there's a there's a security gate, but it's not locked. Fred Savage, ten years old, opens it, walks in. We never see any doctors in the hallway or nurses in the hallway. The one adult we see is from far away, turning the corner and leaving in the opposite direction. And then Fred Savage is just alone in the wandering halls of the Institute while he walks past various troubled youths. And that's it. Strolls into his brother's room, says, going on a little trip, Jimmy? And they they take, and Jimmy's like,
0: California.
1: Yes, of course, California. Where the hell else would we go in this movie? And they're off to California. And the only thing they have to sneak around doing is sneaking onto the truck that they get away in, which is a hostess
2: truck. And so, okay, they sneak on the spread truck. Yeah, and then the immediate next scene is like the both sets of parents in front of like I guess it was the police, I don't the, know, sheriff, the sheriff, the same or sheriff, like yeah, and the sheriff, and they're talking about like, well, he was seen hopping onto a truck, and I'm like, no one who saw, saw him? that. Plus, when we come back to Fred Savage in the next scene, they're still on the truck. No one saw him. It's like, why didn't anyone? Radio ahead I, to the to the, the, host's the, the truck. I mean, I don't know if the delivery guy had a radio on him or anything, but like, you could call his next stop. They ended at, uh, like, bread headquarters or whatever, right? Like, they're like, oh okay. no, it was, just, it, was like, just,
1: it was just another. Oh, I thought it was just another drop. Maybe it
2: just happened to be whatever his last stop was, and he I just so. hung out. Okay. Um, but I love the
1: scene where all the parents are talking with in front of the um the sheriff's officer because the jerk stepdad. Uh, complains to all the other adults and he announces that they've hired this some sort of nerdy bounty hunter (laughs) who gets runaway kids to bring back these kids dead or alive, basically. (laughs) He's like,
2: yes, Mr. Putnam specializes in retrieving runaways. And I'm like, oh my god. Well, what's funny is like they paint this guy as a bad guy and like, of course, he's kind of a dick. But like, a guy that finds runaways and brings them back to their parents that's not like a negative thing but no he's he's not somebody who finds runaways he bags them like they are I, not saying, wild animals i'm just saying he's not doing a bad job of it but the information that we have at the time other than the fact that he's dressed like an asshole <laughs> you should just be like well great we should all be working together on this i'm glad we're gonna have more help and then that guy comes out oh, yeah. and he's like hey i only get paid if i'm the one to do it then Bo Bridges should have been said, like, hey, no matter what, I'll say you did it. How's that? Oh, that scene killed. Well, first, first, the jerk stepdad
1: really goes out of his way to twist the knife into Bo Bridges by saying, because he's not actually sending Nerdy Bounty Hunter to get both he's kids." He's like, yeah, he wanted to run he's away, saying, didn't he? he's specifically just getting Jimmy. And as for Corey, well, he wants to run away, so it's useless to bring him back, right? <laughs> right, dad of the year, Bo Bridges? Dick. And Bob Bridges is just it's just like I it, i can't believe this is being said to me, and I can't believe my
2: ex-wife is standing there not saying anything about she this. She says nothing. Nope. She says nothing every time she has an opportunity to say nothing. And then that he walks
1: true. out, and Christian Slater has the most baffling burn I ever heard, where he <laughs> says to the 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 mom, which is not his biological mom, but we didn't know that at this point. He says to her No, he says he says to the stepdad. He says, he step-dad. He says You know, Bateman this guy's name is Bateman. Come on. <laughs> you know, Bateman, I always knew you were a jerk. I just until now assumed it was guilt by association. And you're like, oh, burn for
2: stepmom. And but you like it was the like mom. His mom.
1: Yeah, you panda the mom, and she's just like,
2: oh. And we're like, wait a minute. Is he digging at his own mom now? Or wait okay, a minute. Because I remember that even confusing me as a kid. And like, I didn't as a kid, I didn't understand. Like as an adult, like the mom being silent for all this bugged me. Like okay. the mom is not blameless in a lot of this no, stuff. No, no. But as a kid, like I didn't catch that at all. I just thought the stepdad was bad and mom good. And um, so I was just like, oh, man, so what is Christian Sleezer's problem? You don't even remember being
1: upset by the mother as a child in this movie? No, not at all. Interesting. It's,
2: I wish I'd asked my kids what they thought of the mom because they probably didn't even register it either. No, and like you miss a lot of that, like. Parental parents have unconditional love for their kids. Like you yeah. can't take that away by doing like dumb shit.
1: <laughs> and then, Like,
2: but as a kid, you don't you don't really get that. Yeah, and so a lot of that stuff's missed. And, uh, and then and then out front, you have that
1: that scene where Nerdy Bounder is just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get my money. So if I catch you out on the road trying to help those two children, I will destroy you." <laughs> it's just like because only I don't, don't get in my way. It's like, aren't we trying to bring two troubled children home before right. they get hurt? This is just... And this is just the first setup of what turns out to be the worst human being in film history. This nerdy bounty hunter. He's, to be he is fair. Terrible.
2: Bo Bridges is not the best.
1: No, but at least he means well. He's, I guess, He wants man. to help his kids. Who goes, are all his
2: sons. But he goes out of his way to, like... He is the one that keeps escalating the the activity between them and the bounty hunter guy. It's true, although, well, we'll get into that later. But um,
1: we we follow this with a the first of what will, what will turn out to be many montages. <laughs> this this movie is about eighty percent montages, like travel montages. Look, and man, there's montages. only there's only
2: three montages. No, no, no. Oh no, there's, there's not. There's four. like eight montages. There's not eight.
1: I love it because it's such an '80s device. Oh yeah, yeah, they don't really do that anymore. And I just gotta have a montage. Oh man, the travel montage, and we see the kids, uh, Corey and Jimmy, taking shelter from the rain in a phone booth. Um, we see them coasting down the desert highway, sitting on the skateboard as a
2: big rig truck comes. up I was up like honking them. at him. I was like, get out of the road! Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking, like Gee, those, those, that was probably kids on there, and this actually happened. Like they filmed that; that was dangerous. You see him trudging aimlessly along the desert, high- and I guess there's somewhere How in Nevada. Did no cops, no nobody picked them up.
1: They're somewhere in Nevada, I guess, just just out in the wide expanse where no one lives. I don't know,
2: but like when you're in the wide expanse, like there's actually a much higher percentage of cops per car, and you're much it's, more visible, right? Like. Especially when you're that high. nothing else around except... It's not like they're like, oh, that's just some guy walking. It's like, <laughs> that's like a ten-year-old. And, and then, an even smaller kid. He's are very... This, well, not to talk about Jimmy. He, he's capable
1: in other ways. But his brother Cory is a very capable ten-year-old. They they camp out overnight in the cave. Cory gets a fire going for him. Yeah. They're Corey... cave in the desert and Cory's like, all right, let's see where we are. And he's got the map. I'm like, you're ten years old. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I don't know for sure that
2: he's ten, but he seemed about ten. Oh man, the uh, slightly related. I really like the way that maps are used in this. Because mm-hmm. um, a, they don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. B, because there's that scene where Bowbridge Bridges is just, like just slamming donuts into his mouth, and Christian Slater wakes up and he's like, "Where are we?" And Christian Slater just looks at the map. and He's like, "We're in the wrong spot." How would you know? Yeah, because he looked at based the, on what he calculated their position by <laughs> by the sun overhead. And there was the North Star, and he—I don't know. And like in the background, you see the kind of country they're going through. It's just flat, nothing, Utah. Like. In that scene you're talking about, <laughs> Christian
1: Slater doesn't even look out the window. He just looks at the map and says, "We're in the wrong." He literally place. woke up, had the map, and was like, <laughs> "You're too far south." Um, they wander into a bus station, and Jimmy scores fifty thousand points on Double Dragon inside of thirty seconds, which is impressive. Uh, I guess I don't know, but I suppose it's impressive. How'd you get fifty thousand? You got fifty thousand on Double dragon? dragon. How did you do that? And that is the the key to the whole film. Obviously, um, they meet a suspicious bus station lurker girl named Haley, uh, and use Jimmy's sweet Double Dragon skills to fleece her out of six dollars in order to buy a ticket to the nearest route stop towards the general vicinity of California. Uh, which yeah, is, I don't remember what it actually was. I think it was like Carson City or something. They don't take it anyway. So. They don't make the bus anyway, so all three of them get stuck because they miss the bus. Um, and Bo and Christian Slater nearly crash in that scene that uh, Brent was talking about with the map. <laughs> they do this device. like How many movies have we seen where the map gets spread out so far in front of the Who driver does
2: that? that he can't
1: see the windshield? And then, look out, there's a car coming! <laughs>
2: My my only defense of that in this movie is that they're in the middle of nowhere Utah. The chances that there is another car around is actually kind of low.
1: Especially the chances that they didn't see it coming from further up, and suddenly it's right in front of them. Like, they well, should have seen that. Well, crap. yeah, they definitely should have seen that car. <laughs> unless they're on some sort of hill, but they weren't. Um, But it just... It, I remember thinking, this scene has no business being in the movie unless this happens to be the first time... This particular device was used in a movie, and someone spread out a map and blocked. Unless that's, the, the writer came up with this specifically, I don't want to see it ever again. It's been used way too yeah, many times. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Uh, um, but anyway, they survive and don't crash. Um, Haley, the the girl they've met, continues to be amazed by Jimmy's video game prowess and dubs him a wizard. The no. uh, Haley turns out to be kind of this. She's keen on grifting the rubes of all their loose change across the country, and she's like this... She uses these quaint, like, 1940s grifter-speak terms. Like, she's like, the kid's a natural, see? Picks it up like Link. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where is she? Where are you from? This makes no sense.
2: She learned everything she knows from truckers.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know, but uh, she, she, I just felt like she should be talking to some guy named Bugsy at some point. Um, Jimmy, then chants the mantra of of all misunderstood youth throughout the movie. Uh, California! And Haley proposes that she will help them get to California so that they can enter Jimmy into the video game championships that are happening there for fifty thousand prizes $50,000. And if she gets them there safely, using her incredible street smarts (laughs) as a grifter of the planes at the age of, what, 11, 10. Uh, if she does that uh, and they win, which of course they will, she will get half of the take home from the prize money. Yeah. I can't lose, see? Good. There's a lot that could go wrong with this plan, but that's okay. Can't go wrong, see? Um, Nerdy Bounty Hunter arrives just before Bo Bridges and Christian Slater. He sees them pull up and he rushes out across the street and slashes their tires. And I, it was, it's such like a... Like, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch moment, because he's like, he's like, he's like tiptoeing <laughs> behind the car, and then he's like <laughs> chuckling maniacally as he slashes the tires. And the first of these weirdly escalated physical altercations... Between
2: Bo Bridges and Nerdy Bounty Hunter. And well, Curtis. it's funny like because Bo Bridges chases after him and the, the guy's like, wait, oh, yeah, I have a knife. And the Bo knife Bridges is like, like, fine. The knife is like two inches, maybe. Oh, it's like, it's a pocket knife. Yeah. And then, uh, so Bo Bridges goes and gets a, a, a shovel. shovel and just starts slamming on the guy's car. And like, he, oh, I love it. He beats the hell out of the car. And Man. and he's going for maximum cosmetic damage. He's breaking the lights. He's not hitting, yeah. like, the guy. But then what is he going to do? He can't, like, hit the tire with the, the shovel. He can not like, hit the, the windshield. Yeah, I suppose he could have
1: hit the windshield. That's true.
2: Um, Nerdy Bound had his car. is chased out of town. I'm sorry. As he's leaving, there's a scene where Bo Bridges like flips the shovel around and is... Javelin, Javelin throws it. And you're like, is he going to do it? That would have like, been great. He totally whiffs. He doesn't love... even hit the car. No, that's what I love, man. I always loved that as a kid. It's like, of course he didn't hit the car. You can't throw a shovel like that. Like <laughs> The other thing I love about Bo Bridges is, up until this
1: point, because Bo Bridges runs a landscaping company. And uh, his his sons are wearing uh, baseball hats that have the landscaping company's logo on them. And so he has a tree in the back of his car, in the back of the truck, standing up. They're driving around with this tall standing tree for, like, the first half of the film. Um, I'm going to keep it going. Grifter Girl bums them a ride with some sketchy cow truckers who are hauling some cattle across the desert. Uh, and apparently she says, don't worry about them. They know the trucker code. <laughs> the
2: trucker code is apparently beat up small kids yeah. and take their money the trucker code of leave no living witnesses oh they didn't kill them they yep. just took but still it was like 80 bucks but like this who's gonna beat up kids for 80 bucks who's like an adult this girl's whole cachet is that she knows the rules of the road. I know right how did they this don't. how did this not sever those I guys? can safely
1: get you where you need to go you're lost without me you need me um
2: also I, these kids have a serious problem with Holding their cash. Oh. Put it in your bag. Times. This is the first of many times they will lose their cash throughout the Stop movie. counting your cash out in, in your hand. Put it in your bag. You, especially because, like, okay, so... To be fair, Fred, Fred Savage does stick it in his underwear at one point. Fred Savage is apparently... Four never, bucks of it. He's never held more than $20 in time, probably.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: So, like, him having all this money and he's counting it, like, okay, I get it. And then he gets robbed. I would think that from now on I'd be a little bit more protective my mother. One would think. You'd be a little skittish.
1: Oh man. Um, the great thing in the in the car in the they're riding in the truck with the cattle themselves. And the great thing is she's the Grifter girl is going on about her, her father who's a trucker and that's why she knows everything about the rules of Hobo the living road. across the road yeah. or whatever, like because I guess truckers don't. These hobo marks mean a hot I guess Meal. Tra- yeah, <laughs> truckers live inside of burnt out cars when they're on their way across I'm the country. Down, right? <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, um, she says that her mother, and she's she's obviously lying when she says, "Yes, my mother was a showgirl. She had great legs. I've got her legs." And I'm like, again, look at these gams. See, <laughs> <laughs> she's she's got legs that went all
2: the way to the top. See. I'm like, come on, who are you? Um, yeah, I was really glad the movie didn't pan down and actually show her legs during yeah. that scene because it was very awkward Fred for Savage, an adult. Fred, Fred Savage didn't, didn't even, even look. bother me, but I was just like, what she says to Fred Savage, what,
1: what do you think? Look at these legs. I got my mom's legs, and he's like, uh huh. He doesn't even look at her. He's just like, like Thank you, What Fred. are we doing? That is not why we came to this movie. Um, and of course, the truckers they see them counting the money, they take the money, they leave them in the middle of nowhere. Great. Uh, no one was surprised by this. Uh, whatever. Uh, we go back to Bo and Slater, and they're getting new tires, but we learn some weird thing. Christian Slater has taken uh, an old NES system from the back of his dad's truck that was just hanging out back there. It was tossed in the back of the truck. He, he hooks it up to the TV in the, uh, the, the garage's office, and he's playing some video games. Bo Bridges says, I thought that was broken, and Christian Slater says, it was, I fixed it. And I'm thinking, you fixed what? Fixed a Nintendo. You fixed the NES or you fixed the cartridge? Or, like It's funny because
2: I, I, I could blow on the cartridge and put it back in, and that would sometimes fix I it. I always thought like he was going to end up being some super electrician or something, but like it never comes up again. Yeah, and the thing is,
1: Bo Bridges says, You fixed it, and I thought this was going to be the beginning of where he I'll starts start be, having some sort of respect for He starts son. to be really impressed with wh- who he's become,
2: you know? And Nope. Nope. It's never even touched again. It's a red herring. Chekhov's electrical engineering
1: power. Just like the <laughs> stacks that Jimmy keeps making throughout the whole movie. It has nothing to do with
2: anything. They never tell you. You know what? We should find the director's cut of the wizard. I wonder. Maybe settle all this. Uh, these red herrings. I don't know. Um,
1: and uh, evidently, the old video game system was uh, Corey's. It uh, was a gift from Bo Bridges to Corey. I think it was the game that he was playing with one of the Maribode games. Maybe Mario Brothers two two okay. Uh, meanwhile, the kids are quickly flushed with cash again after grifting two clueless businessmen playing a video game, and this <laughs> cracks me up because they they find like this you know like a roadside diner type place, and there's one or two arcade games in the back, and there's two dudes in full on suits. suits playing. Like they're on their lunch break, and and we're not talking like young guys just starting off in the business world. These are Guys, like, maybe five months from retirement. (laughs) And they are just hooked on this arcade game, and they can't believe some little
2: kid's gonna challenge them. And the kid get, like... So Fred Savage is like, that's pretty good. You know. If... If you suck. And like the guys are like, what are you talking about? I'm the best. And you're like, what in the world? Aren't you like 50? Why is this a problem for you? What I loved was... Why don't you just say like, kid, get out of here. Just play this game. Wh- what do you say? Why are you even
1: acknowledging him at all? I know, right? What I loved was when he says, my brother there could beat you. And the businessman turns and sees the brother. And he has the most over-the-top reaction and goes, oh, go on. <laughs> I'm like, wow. They really really got the cream of the crop for this one. Like it's really really mean to yeah. laugh at him like that. You're adults. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, don't make fun of the kid. Uh, and of course they totally win and take all his money. You don't them. actually see it, but yeah, they win. They're walking down the road later, counting their money and they're like, yeah. Sweet. Um And then that leads to a scene where they are for some reason Haley Grifter girl used to sleep in a burnt out cars in a junkyard with her father when they were trucking across the country, and... Why wouldn't you sleep in the cab of the truck?
2: That's what a trucker does! <laughs> that's the whole point of having a... Well, my... At first I thought that maybe they were sleeping in the cab of a truck that was in the junkyard.
1: Nope. No.
2: And so he, you know, Fred Savage is trying to
1: scare Haley He takes out his rubber monster mask, which was one of the essentials he packed for this trip, and tries to scare her, and she flat out decks him and cold cox he is out yeah he's gone and when that punch went through i laughed out loud (laughs) i thought that was hysterical look i'm not i'm not proposing violence of children against children this is not you know the hunger games but it was pretty funny um then they're suddenly hitching rides with biker gangs, and this this really delighted me as well because how many times in the 1980s Oh, Did biker you, games are only benevolent. You only ever run into biker games who look really tough, but have hearts of gold and love little kids. Yes, they are always willing to help you out, and that's the one lesson I learned as a child growing up: is if I'm ever in trouble, go to the first biker I see and ask him for assistance.
0: You have a decent chance; it might be
1: okay. It's just great, um, but it's it's it just puts you in mind of all those, like you know, like in like adventures in babysitting when. When, you know, they, they have that, that big tough guy, the mechanic in the garage. Thor. Thor, yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio. Turns out to be a great guy. Yeah. Um, and then you also see Nerdy Bounty Hunter accosting. His whole uh, retrieval system, His his method of hunting children seems to be accosting random two children <laughs> right. anywhere in the United States from behind. <laughs> turning them around, seeing it's not these two boys and letting them go. And I kept wondering, why are there no parents? 89. Taking exception with this man coming up and a, just grabbing at their children. This bizarre There's
2: a lot of very suspect parenting in this yeah. movie.
1: No one stops this
2: repeat offender kinder catcher
1: who is just walking around trying to accost little boys. Um and then the kids travels, we get another uh montage. Travel
2: montage. Um they is go. Is this the Send Me an Angel travel montage? Send me an angel. Send me an angel. Or is yes. that later when they're doing the video no, game this training? No, is, this is Send Me an Angel. uh, Travel montage number two. So as a kid, this song, like, defined me. There's a lot of me. movies that used this song. I, it's so good. This song is also in, uh, I think, the Teen Wolf 2 soundtrack. <laughs> well, it just so happens that Teen Wolf 2 was another movie I watched an awful lot. Because Teen Wolf 2 was the one... So the first one had Michael J. Fox, and then the second one Jason had... Jason Bateman. that Jason Bateman was the boxing one? He was his cousin. He was Michael J.
1: Fox's cousin. They, they, really? Did they say They that? established that tenuous link because the dad from Teen Wolf, sorry for the sidetrack, folks, the dad, <laughs> the dad from Teen Wolf is his uncle in this movie. And okay, he is, okay. He is Scott's cousin.
2: But yeah. Also, it turns out like everyone's a werewolf in that movie. Like, even the random teacher that happened to be positive has a tail. It was yep. just like super anyway. Anybody who was kinda cool was a was that, a werewolf in the that
0: is
1: this. The only people that are cool have, <laughs> have tails. Have tails. <laughs> but uh during this travel montage, they pass something that both my son and I said, that is really cool. So you, you go past the various roadside oddities, but one of them is this uh VW this oh, the, black VW bu- B- bug VW that has VBug. been yeah. turned into a giant spider that's hovering over another VW bug. And it looks really it looks like it's about to eat it or something, and it looks really
2: cool and I thought, I wanna go see that thing just to like be underneath it and take a picture. I don't know if it's still there. I've driven across the country four times now and I I don't remember that. I don't know what route Or maybe it I took, took a on. different route. I don't know. Um but it's another cute mo- travel
1: montage. Um one funny scene shows, shows the kids in the back of a pickup truck that's playing some loud music from the cab. And they drive past someone on the road who says, turn down that garbage. And the guy who's yelling at them turns out to be Nerdy Mountain. Oh, who's yeah. He was just like shaving on the side of the road. He was so close to them. Which is me? funny because,
2: you know, I caught it this time. Never knew that as a kid. I missed that every single time. All 2,000 times I watched this <laughs> as a kid. Never picked up on that. See, it's great that you can go back yeah. and look at it with fresh eyes. Still, um, the other thing I noticed is
1: just the think, gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, talk about looking at it with fresh eyes. The other thing I noticed is I think there's a continuity error here because what? When they got dropped off, they they caught a ride on the back of a truck and got dropped off at the place where they fleeced the two businessmen. Okay. When they get let down off that truck, it's a Native American uh, elderly man who's helping them down off the back of the truck, and he's got white hair. He's got, a, like, a Western-style uh, hat, and he looks very distinctive. Yeah. In the back of this truck that's playing the loud music as they pass later on, He, they're sitting with, again, a Native American family, oh, and that yeah. elderly man is the same... I swear it's the same guy. They who, must have used
2: the, the footage from the other I story. think
1: they did. I think there's a slight community error there. Um, and then they're hustling some more marks, and as they're hustling their marks, the gang learns of the existence of Lucas... <laughs> Lucas is like the top dog round these here parts. And when you being good at video games. When you see him, they even do the (laughs) I know.
2: He's got the shades on. And they do the infamous power
1: glove scene. Oh, Lucas has in a locked metal briefcase, like he's carrying around the nuclear football codes. The Nintendo Power Glove. And when they took this out, my son said, What is that? And I said, See, I didn't have it, but the what? kids down the street had it, and I <laughs> coveted it. And I love how when he puts on the Power Glove, he has to like punch in an activation code. <laughs> yeah, do you know what that tune that that tone is that he p- punches in? Huh. He punches in the tone from Close Encounters. The <laughs> beep,
0: beep, 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 beep. <laughs>
1: Like you have to activate it, like it's some sort of bomb that you're. You don't. It's just a controller. No, you just switch it on. It's a controller. It's just that's all it is. But it was well, what's, great.
2: Okay, so what's hilarious is you know, okay, so he plays Rad Racer, which yeah. was uh, a game that I played a lot of. Okay, we actually had we had a minivan for a long time, and for I don't remember why, but we had taken the back seats out. I mean, we didn't use them. So they were in, like, the office where the Nintendo was. So we could actually sit in these seats and buckle up and play Rad Racer. That's a great set. We had a great time. So anyway, we played a lot of Rad Racer. And Lucas is not very good at it.
1: (laughs) Well, he's playing it with a glove. That's maybe
2: the worst game you could play with the power
1: glove. They had steering wheel controllers for Rad Racer, I think, too. Sure. I think you could do that.
2: Well, it's funny just because they do a lot of this stuff. And they're like,
1: wow, he's so
2: good. And you're like... Guys, at least get someone who's played Red Racer before. <laughs> the, you
1: know, it's interesting. The one thing I did, uh, I had the the boys in the lab do a quick, uh, quick background check for me, and they were able to determine that none of the video games in this movie are a- ever being played. It's all pre recorded, played in advance, oh, yeah. and they wanted the actors to just concentrate on acting, so nobody's ever actually playing anything in this movie. I guarantee it, and I imagine that's the case.
2: It is because I think the kids would have been better at it.
1: Oh, <laughs> Lucas, who knows? But.
2: Also, there's definitely times where like, uh, the one that even Brandy caught was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game part. Uh, the the so the dad stays. This is later, but the dad stays up all night and he's playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. and then it shows him playing it. And she's like, "That's the first level." <laughs>
0: like, he's been on. playing
2: all night. He's almost
1: at the first level. Uh yeah. Lucas then schools the kids on his Rad Racer skills with the power glove for some reason. I kept waiting when he was done with the game. For him to, like, blow on his fingertips. <laughs> like a real gunslinger. But no. Uh, and then Jimmy is just so intimidated, he just straight out leaves. Like, no
2: thanks. No, Jimmy was upset because... Oh, you're right. Because Fred Savage, I guess Lucas looked at Haley. He was like, hey, he was basically like, you want to ditch the loser and go with a real man? And uh, he was like, hey, you better keep your hands off her. And, like, I guess Jimmy didn't like that Jimmy didn't all. like
1: the attention he was giving Haley. Yeah. I love when Fred Savage puts his arm around Haley. He's like, "Don't get any ideas. She's with, the, she's with me." And Haley gives him this look like I expected it to be, "Don't objectify me like this. That's ridiculous. I'm not. I don't belong to anybody." Because yeah. that would be totally natural to say. But instead, she just
2: looks genuinely perplexed, like, since when do you like me? Exactly. When did this
1: happen? I never saw this movie.
2: They have not flirted at all. They don't even really seem to like each other. She seemed as surprised as the audience (laughs) was that this was happening. Well, but they treat it that way. Like, when she talks about it later, it's like, what the hell is that about?
1: Yeah. It really took her by surprise. Um, And then Jimmy just walks out. uh, And then there's that scene where you were saying where where Bo Bridges and Slater. They can't sleep in the motel room. They have a big argument. Christian Slater's like, to hell with this. I'm not going to talk to you since I can't talk to you. I'm just going to play video games. He started playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And they're showing scenes from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I was like, oh, I loved that game. This was the best game. Swimming underwater and diffusing the bombs. And the electrical seaweed. It oh, was the worst. It was The be- The electrical seaweed was the worst. It was a really yeah.
2: tough game.
1: Yeah. And it was great. It had good music to it and everything. I really enjoyed that game. Anyway. Um. And next, we see the kids again. Where did they find these little hidey holes all across the country? They're sleeping in an abandoned drive in movie theater. Oh, no, that was a sweet find. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be some kids' headquarters. I, mean, I know, right? If you, if you knew of such a structure, would you ever leave They the should lo- go into the
2: local arcade and be like, I've got a sweet headquarters. And I'll sell the location to you. Yeah. Um, Guaranteed to be the coolest place you've ever been in your city.
1: But in this supposed safe headquarters uh they are quickly attacked by a group of toughs that they had uh fleeced out of their money at a previous stop and these are like teenage kids i think three teenage kids who i guess have just been looking for them all night since they took their money so
2: i i couldn't figure that out like had they switched towns or were they in the same town i think
1: they were in the same town but just because they lost
2: twenty dollars and they chased them See, I kept losing track of how much money had been won and
1: lost at this No, point. they definitely only
2: took $20 from these guys.
1: They only took $20 from these guys, but I think the guys
2: took the $20, and then he reached and grabbed the rest and said, this is interest. Oh, yeah, he, he took all of it. Yeah. But I'm saying that, like, these guys are so angry about losing $20 playing video games. Oh, it was the guys that he called, like, Warface or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they got run out by, uh... The the actresses in everything. But, like, the, the diner in. lady runs them out and, um, but then they're just, like,
1: wandering the town looking for them all night and find them in the abandoned drive-in movie theater. That and they is... weren't, like, even out in the open in the abandoned drive-in movie theater. They were under a, a underground
2: structure under the, the, the well, like they happened to be out, uh, in, in the yard. And then they mow, They like try to mow them down
1: with the with the truck that they're driving. They trying. certainly
2: weren't being very safe about it. And finally, I was
1: just thankful they didn't hit them with the car. They actually <laughs> decided to get out of the car and run them down on foot. And then all they end up doing is give... I mean, it's terrible. They beat up a 10-year-old kid. But they give Fred Savage a bloody nose and they steal his money. And they steal Jimmy's hat. Yeah. Um, and then you get that, that moment where Jimmy has, all throughout this film, up until this point, been carrying a small yellow lunchbox. You don't know what's in the lunchbox. Uh, it's not lunch. And they, they think maybe he's holding out on them, and they take the lunchbox and they open it up, and out comes its treasures. And you find that it's just pictures and mementos of this little girl. And so then after this all happens, Fred Savage explains to Haley that the little girl was Jimmy's twin sister, Jennifer. And what happened was that Jimmy and Jennifer were down by the river on some... They were on some trip with the family. Jimmy and Jennifer are down by the river. Jennifer got too close, fell in. Jimmy couldn't swim, so he was too scared to help her. Christian Slater's character was supposed to have been watching the twins, but didn't, because he was mad at Christina, who is not his biological mother. Yeah. But it's the twins' biological mother. Um, And then Jennifer drowned. She dies. And this is the traumatic incident that triggered... Jimmy's current condition, and the family fell apart after that, and then Beau Bridges and Christina broke up. She remarried Jerky Stepdad. Big. And now we finally understand <laughs> the family thing. dynamic here, but it was a long time getting I know. Time. I wasn't really clear
2: why it took... It reminded me of, um... did you ever see John Carter from Mars? Yeah. Actually, I really like that movie. John Carter from Mars has a lot going for it. But it has this same weird thing where, like, it's a mystery, the whole thing about, like, his wife dying. Mm-hmm. They don't tell you that until, like, it's like the second third of the movie. But it defined how he acted for the previous entirety of the movie. So, like, it's, like, just now, you're like, oh, that's oh. why he was doing that. Yeah. But since you didn't understand his motivation, it was just weird the whole time. And so... I kind of got that feeling here is like, I don't think this actually was delivered well. We should have known from the beginning why this kid was traumatized.
1: You know, I went back, I actually watched this movie twice because I, I watched it once so I could take notes. And now no? you just watch it every night no, before no. you go to bed. <laughs> I watched it once, yeah, because I can't <laughs> sleep without it. I kept I, I just stay up all night moaning, California. <laughs> so, I watched it once so I could take notes. I watched it a second time with the family so that I could watch it as like an, an actual movie. Okay. I could stop every five minutes. Um... And I totally forgot where I was going with this, what were we talking about? Uh, oh,
2: that we should have known. Oh, yeah.
1: So in the in the original scene way back at the house when Bo Bridges burns the casserole and they have their big blow up and Fred Savage storms out, Christian Slater yells something about Jimmy. Like, you don't care about Jimmy, and Christian, Christian Slater yells, he hasn't improved since Jennifer.
2: Yeah, but if you're not
1: very careful, you do not hear that line. Cuz it also doesn't
2: make any sense. It, there's no context. But I mean, state.
1: even audio quality-wise, there's a lot being rattled around on the table and with Fred Savage yelling, you can't almost you can almost not hear it. Yeah. So that's the only clue we have about
2: this what the tragic incident was, really. And I d- it's almost gone. I don't think even in the context you understand that that's the I think you had to have caught that there was trauma, which isn't you wouldn't necessarily have known at that time. And then to have any idea who Jennifer was, like I thought Jennifer was their mom who died. Oh, you know what? That didn't occur to me, but that would have been a totally valid choice. And I always, and I was like, why did you call her Jennifer? Wouldn't you have said mom? Interesting. Yeah. No. No. I I could see that. And so, like, it's it's super not unclear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, but at least now
2: we know exactly how this family shakes out. Um, Well, I think this is a key point because. It's actually one of my watching this again as an adult. I thoroughly enjoyed it. However, most of that is just because it was like remembering all this stuff. Because are I you saying the eighties so have it,
1: like, a certain nostalgic quality to them?
2: This movie is like is is the <laughs> the epitome of why we do this podcast. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah, it really this is. is such a warm place in my heart as this movie. Uh-huh. But like, that's one of my big issues with it is because. Um, like, this kid is is acting autistic. But it's really just caused by trauma. And we don't really know what he acted like before this. But but presumably he was, you know... But right, kind of but it. like, so for the first two-thirds of the movie, you think he's autistic and just these people like... Don't some know. of them don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. And like, some of them are trying to fix him, which isn't necessarily fair either. Mm-hmm. And And then you find out that like... No, it was traumatic, and he needed to move past it, and, like, he actually can get better. Like, he's not fixed at the end, but he's speaking some. Um, Just don't tease the end, because the end is a kicker.
1: <laughs> now, remember, I never saw this movie, so the end really genuinely hit me by yeah, surprise. Yeah, like, when it just keeps going after yeah, the end. you're like, wait there. a minute, the
2: movie's not over? But we'll get to there. Um, um, but, yeah. So, I really wish they had established from the very beginning that it was trauma, and I guess just autism in the eighties wasn't really something that people understood or talked about, but like you had to have known of like kids who were a little off. Like, well, again, they did have that one line from the
1: caseworker that he he's a very traumatized little boy. But again, I just, I just think that it. was really unclear at the time. Yeah, I mean, if you miss that line, you miss that line, and then you're not you don't know what's going on with this. Guy. Yeah.
2: Um, but anyway, I I think that would have made a, a lot more sense.
1: You get that great line then when uh, Corey is he's just now he's just decided I'm I'm hurting my brother, not helping him. They they see him outside, and he's building more stacks of the empty popcorn boxes, and he's building more stacked structures, and Corey takes that as a sign that he's he's not getting better. Yeah, This is not helping him in any way. I need to call my dad, take him home. This, is, this was a stupid... I thought event. that was a
2: very adult...
1: I'm telling you, he's a capable way to kid. Deal with yeah. 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 I mean, I mean I he's kind like, of a
2: dick to Jimmy during the scene.
1: Yeah. But well, I understand he's frustrating. frustrating. He's frustrating. Right. And
2: frustrating. like... The adults haven't been any better with Jimmy, obviously. So, like, it's hard to get too mad at Fred Savage, but like, and you can tell why Jimmy prefers Fred Savage over the adults because at least he gives them a
1: fair square, fair deal. Yeah. Um, But so then, uh, when Haley hears that they're going to go home, she says, "You're a quitter. You can't believe you're quitting." And they have a big blow up. Corey goes one way, Haley goes the other. Jimmy's left standing in the middle of the road by himself, and he says, "Corey, I don't want to quit." It's the first thing you heard him say. It's the only thing besides California until then, yeah. And suddenly, both characters come. Running. It's a great camera shot because he's left standing in the in the middle, and both characters come running back from off screen, yeah, and embrace him, and they're so excited that he he made some connection, he made some some communication, and he doesn't want to quit. So all right, L A. or bust. We're we're in. We're going to make this happen, even if it's a stupid idea, and we are five hundred miles away from Los Angeles, <laughs> with no money again. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, nerdy bounty hunter is shaking down the local pinball jockeys. Uh, he's He's really awful, and awful to everyone he meets, including random kids just trying to play pinball. Who might have answered him if he hadn't been if such he a The kid straight up says, like, I
2: wouldn't tell you if
1: I knew. Oh, it's the worst. Um, and then Bo Bridges spots him when he's driving his car through town. He sees Nerdy Bounty Hunter's car, and suddenly, a demolition dirty... <laughs>
2: Breaks out cars.
1: in the town, and it's great because there's one old dude sitting like drinking a sarsaparilla on the porch <laughs> who's just amused by this whole thing, just sitting back and watching these two ram their cars into each other over and over again.
2: That was pretty great.
1: With his teenage son in yeah, the, the passenger yeah. seat. Not even
2: buck not even buckled in. Christian Slater no, because Christian scraples. Slater later grabs the thing, he's like just holding on. He's, hoping for... he's holding on like, like he's about to get flung out the window because he doesn't have the
1: belt on. Um, and Bo Bridges does, I mean, he gets the worst of it, and his car gets totaled while Nerdy Bounty Hunter is able to skid away, trailing Trail.
2: parts of himself behind, but he, Bo Bridges yells, "What well, we're all, well, he did the, he did the classic demolition derby thing, which is to go backwards. Your engine isn't in the back of your it's car. It's true, yeah. It doesn't matter if you break your trunk, nothing's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he goes backwards into Bo's engine. Yep. Bam.
1: Bo's out of commission. But then Bo yells the one thing we've all been thinking throughout this whole movie, which is, You make money off of little kids, you ought to be shot! (laughs) And then the guy takes off. So now we've made it all the way to Reno. The bright lights
2: of Reno. Which, uh, (laughs) granted I wasn't there in 89, Reno's a little bit of a dump. Yeah, well, (laughs) at night there's a lot of lights that make it pretty. They more or less display it as Vegas. Yeah.
1: It's America's biggest little city, Brent. I guess. They say that's like seven, eight times. Listen, to our Reno listeners, I just want to say I love that town. And I encourage you (laughs) and all your friends. To to our Reno listeners? To
2: listen to Illuminati's. You know this. I'll always speak the truth to you. You know you live in a shithole. (laughs) Speaking truth to Reno. Brent Phillips. Um,
1: The kids find Haley's dad's trucker friend, Spanky. (laughs) Spanky's the best, man. Spanky. So, somehow we don't see this conversation happen. But off screen, somehow they have convinced Spanky <coughs> to go into this casino and gamble on their behalf. Yep. <coughs> and so here's where we learn that Haley is apparently really good at craps. So good, like she can just call out the shots and make money instantly. Which isn't a thing, but sure. Which is it's not a thing. A movie. But let's assume it is a thing. Spanky follows her directions, and makes them 400 bucks inside of about 10 seconds. With, like, their $5 that they gave her. <laughs> and so, the question becomes, Haley, why are you wasting your time <laughs> hustling quarters off of video games when you could
2: be making huge money at the casinos, because you have a gift? To be fair, there's a decent answer to that. She's not allowed in the casino? Well, that, and that, like, her mom apparently racked up a bunch of debt. That off. is true. We do find out later that so her So maybe she would only do this when she has to.
1: She has a code. A grifter's code, yes. if you will. She knows the grifter's code. <laughs> and she will not disobey. Um, Spanky, for
2: his troubles, gets a whopping $10. I like that, because like Spanky's like, man... But then you think about it, it's like, all he did was go in there and roll the dice. Like He just gambled their money. He, he didn't do yeah. anything. He still made profit. He doesn't deserve any of it. He didn't risk anything. He did get kicked out of a casino, but they only just Sell. kind of show him. it, like take his ID or yeah, anything, yeah. you know.
1: So then, this is great. The kids, it's a Reno casino. Yeah, it's a Reno. It's not a real <laughs> casino. The kids then somehow check themselves into a legitimate hotel casino. They're, they have a room from which they will make their base of operations. as a hotel room. I don't know how they did this. You don't see it, but they somehow sweet-talked their way past the registrar and just gave their money and... It was just Spanky did it. Oh, maybe Spanky did it. I didn't think of that. Okay. Yeah. All right. They fine. already have an adult doing adult things for them. It's not a huge leap to a Spanky's segment. a real enabler in this movie. He is a little bit. He also gets them to L.A. later, but jeez. Um, so Haley calls... He steals a truck to get them to L.A. later. Okay, sorry. Did he? Haley, <laughs> Haley calls what I forgot existed, but was, I assure you, a legit oh, thing. Definitely a real thing. Haley calls the Nintendo Gameplay Hotline. And I was like, wow, this used to exist. Now I don't know that it looked like it looks in the movie, because in the movie you see the offices of the Nintendo gameplay oh, like operators. Yeah. And it's just a row
2: upon row of cubicles with dudes hanging out eating pizzas and playing video games on the phone. And they have all these like binders full of like tips Secrets. and stuff. And I'm like you know, that seems unrealistic, but then you think about it I'm like what would it have looked like? Yeah. It would have to be like a bunch of binders with like instructions on how to beat stuff. And all the like, dudes were like maybe twenty. Maybe I mean maybe you got to get people that, but are that, able to do this. That makes total sense. If that's what it was, I I believe it. It's funny because like I always wanted to call because obviously this was like our favorite movie, and like you know we got Nintendo Power. They always advertised it sure, in sure. the back and stuff like that. And like my parents were very clear that I would be murdered if I called like you have a one nine hundred number yeah, or whatever yeah. to get this to get help with my video games. You know, and they're on the phone with this guy. For like a day and a half. A full musical montage. This guy goes through every binder in his cubicle. They go through, apparently, all 97 Nintendo entertainment sites. And as Brent hinted, montage. Yes. And this is a sweet montage because this is the
1: training montage. The training montage. No, because downstairs there's
2: there's an arcade section of the casino. Jimmy is not playing Nintendo games downstairs. No, he's playing
1: arcade games.
2: But a lot of the Nintendo okay, so, games were also available in the arcade. So why this is a little confusing to me is that the Nintendo World Championships are a thing. Or at least were a thing. Yeah. And so I always assumed that that's what they were going to. And I never understood why they didn't call it the Nintendo World Championships. Because clearly they only play Nintendo And games,
1: especially so. since the entire movie is a huge commercial. It's a huge ad for Nintendo. Nintendo. Even and at one
2: point th- they buy Nintendo Power Magazine. And, like, it's in the script everywhere. It's, like, clearly they knew it was Nintendo before they had decided to shoot the scene. It's not like they went afterwards and, like, oh, we only got the rights to Nintendo footage. Suddenly we're sponsored to No, Sega. because they, they start, they, they talk about Ninja and they, they say yeah. all this stuff. Like, they clearly, it was in there. Yeah. And so, I remember thinking, when he's playing those games, yes, there are, like, Double Dragon had an arcade version and then a Nintendo version and stuff like that. But the games Jimmy is playing are not Nintendo they have no all counterpart. I remember thinking, like, it's stuff for him to train on that. But then you remember, like, he's theoretically just going to a video game competition. And, like, it was just chance. They didn't say Nintendo specifically. So. No, but yeah. I remember thinking, like, why is he training? Like, as a kid, I remember thinking, like, why is he training on that? It's not going to be there. It can't. Well, see, one of the things, like,
1: I used to love, it was always, like, a special treat for me. I don't know why, but it always felt more special when you could play, for instance. Ninja Turtles on the NES. But there was also an arcade Ninja Turtles that was super sweet, too. And well, it was, was a, Wasn't that just a different game? It was a kind of a different game, yeah, with well, like, better graphics.
2: Occasion, yeah, on occasion there was, like, the Nintendo version and then the arcade version was the same game, but it just looked a lot better. They also had those things
1: where you could play an arcade, stand-up arcade game that was three Nintendo games that you could choose between, or, like, five Nintendo yeah, games yeah, yeah, that yeah. you could choose between. So maybe some of them were that, too. Anyway, moving on. Cough, cough. Uh, moving Don't work on. too hard. Here, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. I'm just I'm trying to stretch. Come on, reach, reach for me here. Um, and then this is a great montage: uh, the training, and I love Fred Savage slipping the the Candy Girl a little something extra for herself. That
2: scene, like, as a kid, I remember thinking it was funny, but as an adult, I was like, <laughs> this candy girl is, like, 12. She's wearing, like, fishnet stockings. like a like a Playboy bunny. Yeah. And, like, he's hitting it's... on her, and, like, the whole scene is weird. It was very strange. But, you he's... know, adults wrote this and shot this and directed it. I'm like, how did this I happen? did. I did laugh when he was wearing the shades and gave her a little something extra. It's like, here, I'll take
1: uh, some Skittles and uh, here's a little something extra for yourself. And I'm like, oh, <sighs> that's funny. Maybe I shouldn't have. But I, I just wish she'd been a fully grown person. Um, then you see Beau Bridges and Christian Slater. They happen upon a diner on the road again. This road is never ending. They happen upon a diner on the road where they meet not one, not two, but three characters that we have seen previously in this film. They all come together at this diner somehow. at the same scene.
2: And the, okay, looking... okay, just to be fair, that's not that hard. There's not that many places to stop. It's like if a, city, if a town's coming up, you, you got to stop and get gas and do whatever. I guess.
1: But Lucas was from like three okay, towns okay, back.
2: Okay. To be, yeah. Why Lucas was there, I don't know. Why the, the, why the bounty guy. hunter guy was there, that I get.
1: Yeah. So they see, they see one of the toughs, one of the three toughs who beat up, who gave Fred Savage a the bloody nose and, and took his hat. They see that they're wearing the hat
2: from Who his. seems stoned as hell. He was very stoned. He and he was, was gone. doing this weird laugh that really disturbed me. Yeah, they're like, Where'd you get the hat? He's like, nah! yeah. <laughs> just like, like What are you on, happening,
1: dude? Man? <laughs> just sit and drink your coffee. Um, yeah. And then they see that he stole their kid's hat and they ask him where where'd you get that hat? Where's the kids? Where are they heading? Lucas hears them, because Lucas just happens to be there sitting at the diner, uh, counter, says they're heading to the video game competition in Los Angeles, and now at last, Bo Bridges and Christian Slater at least know where the kids are heading and where to to find them. But Nerdy Bounty Hunter is also there, and he's lurking outside, he sees their car parked, he has their car towed, and so they can't follow to the video game championships. Um, And Nerdy Bounty Hunter catches up with the kids at the casino. When he first gets there, he's standing next to this, they're at the pool, and he's standing next to this very old man in a Speedo. I don't know if you saw this dude. Yeah, I saw But he looked like the so guy nice. from... I don't know if you saw... Have you seen Jaws? Yeah. Remember Bad Hat Harry? That's a bad hat, Harry. Yeah, That guy in the Speedo is... This guy is like twin brother or something. It just reminded <laughs> me right of him. Maybe it's him. Um, and then he, he goes... Someone tells him that the, the kid he's looking for, Jimmy, is in the casino in the arcade. He goes to the arcade. He sees Jimmy playing an arcade game from across the room. And then for no reason... Grabs the person nearest him and throws him to the floor. <laughs> this man goes down like a sack of bricks. Doesn't complain. Doesn't, like, stand up and say, What the hell, man? Yeah. Nothing. He just it's like, Oh, that happens. Whew. It's Reno. Another day in Reno. Let it go, man. It's Reno. <laughs> Forget it, Jake. <laughs> and then he charges after Jimmy and picks him up. Not like somebody who's trying to pass it off as, I'm the dad and this is my son and I'm... Come no, on he picks son- him up
2: like... He, I'm a kidnapper.
1: He grabs him by the neck and the leg and hoists him up like a Thanksgiving turkey to the chopping block. <laughs> like, he's about to kill this kid. And I can't imagine everyone did not see this and go, what the hell is going on here? Haley and Corey show up. They see that he's taken Jimmy and they don't know what to do. And Haley has her only defense, really,
2: which is genius. She's well, it's funny because she actually, uh, she threatened this at the very beginning of the movie I'll where scream. she's like, Tell me what's going on, or I'll scream. Yeah, and Fred Savage is like, "Can you scream quiet? Scream quiet." You but know, she I... does
1: so much more than scream. She yeah. screams and she says, "He, touch- he touched my breast," <laughs> and everybody immediately. I mean, the bounty hunter is in zip ties within seconds.
2: <laughs> yeah, they just launch him out. So he great. is out
1: of that room, and it was great. I laughed a lot. It was good. Um. And then the kids run from the casino because they know they can't stand there, and they go to a place way out in the desert, like a trailer park, and it says, on the sign, it says Boat World. Welcome to Boat World. <laughs> I missed that. And That's I'm like, awesome. Well, how is this Boat World in the middle of the desert? There's no boats anywhere, and there's just trailers. And I'm looking in the background of every scene, trying to see, like, maybe there's a boat. Somewhere. Maybe it's a storage, you know, a boat storage place or something. No, it's
2: Boat World. Boat World. <laughs> it was founded by Jeffrey Boat. This
1: is Haley's actual home, a trailer at Boat World, where she lives with her trucker dad, who is away, I guess, most of the time, and is still away. We never see the dad. Never nope. does
2: show up. No, not even at the end, when it's like, nope. okay, let's head back to Utah and take this random girl with us. Yeah, you're you're part of our family now. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: but no, he doesn't show up, and we find out Haley's mom, uh, she, didn't, she didn't, she wasn't a show girl who died. She's, uh. Someone who has a gambling problem and who knows might still be alive and just. Just gone. Yeah, just gone gambling out there somewhere and never came back. Um, and Haley's goal was to take this prize money and surprise her dad by the time he returned from his big trucking trip, hauling whatever he is, wherever he is. Yeah. And surprise him and say, Dad, look, we can afford to buy a place now. That was her plan. And they're on the roof and Fred Savage absorbs all of this information and says, Maybe I can use this as my chance to make a move on (laughs) Haley. And tries to kiss her. It's like, that sounds terrible. You must be so upset. Kiss me. And leans in. And she freaks out because it's so unexpected and again, out of nowhere. And she says, I am not kissing a boy. That is not happening. And he says something like, Maybe a girl. Maybe a girl. And she, again, she's just like, what (laughs) how are you and she grabs him and pulls him close and kisses him just to shut him up because she doesn't know what else to do
2: and that is both of their i like that they i like that they hold on the kiss and prince savage is like it's like one of those things it's like I mean I guess this was this was my goal was to kiss her, but I don't now that I've got it, I don't know what to do. It's yeah. you know, it's like like a dog chasing a bun, like, <laughs> like I don't what know what am I supposed to do here? It's like so he's just like looking around like, uh I got some kissing. And then she pulls <laughs> away and, and it's like that'll shut him up and they pull away,
1: and then they both are kind of embarrassed after a minute and at least start laughing about it because yeah. it's kinda of ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Like, um but uh, any time in this movie where you get the sweet You're quickly followed by the bitter. Because in about five seconds, a full-on child abduction happens downstairs. Yeah. And apparently Nerdy Bounty Hunter somehow got all the way to the trailer without anyone seeing him. Inside, grabbed Jimmy, threw him in the back of his car. When they were on top. Yeah, and they're sitting on top of a trailer.
2: They should see anybody coming. For miles. Bounty Hunter, Nerdy Bounty Hunter has some
1: some stuff skills. Maybe they were facing the other direction, you know. I guess. But he, he takes off in his car, and I'm thinking... That's it. I mean, yeah. he took off in the car. The Came kid's over. gone.
2: They're, they don't have a car.
1: What are you supposed to do? You have no idea where this guy's going. But Haley has a trick
2: up her sleeve. She has one last card to play. This is always my favorite scene.
1: Haley puts the call out to the Justice League of Truckers. <laughs> <laughs> Who come in style. You see Nerdy Bounty Hunter driving away with his quarry sufficiently tranked with a dart in the neck in the back seat. Yeah. And he's driving and suddenly... He has to stop because coming up on the road ahead of him are two giant big rig trucks taking up both sides of the road, and coming up behind him are two giant big rig trucks taking up both sides of the road, and he has to fishtail sideways, pinned between the four of them. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but one of those trucks is, and I had the boys at the lab confirm this, one of those trucks is the truck from 1987's over the top with Sly Stallone. <laughs> Why would you know? That? And still says, I know it because it still says on the side of the truck, Hawk hauling, on the truck, and he played Lincoln Hawk in the in the movie Over the Top. But was, it's the exact oh, same this was truck. after this was two years after oh, okay, two okay, years okay, after okay. Over the Top, and it's they just like put it to use, and. Uh, spanky and three of his comrades climb on out of the cabs of these trucks and it's like you touched your breast huh <laughs> that was great yeah and they beat him up and they take jimmy back and now everybody's climbed into spanky's cab <laughs> spanky is driving he's <laughs> yanking the wheel back and forth at 90 degrees listeners listeners, you
2: can't see this but we're both doing this <laughs> in the air of uh... Uh, like you know, when a kid pretends to drive because he's never driven a car, <laughs> and they just like act like they're turning constantly. That is how Spanky is driving.
1: And he's on a straight stretch of desert highway. There's nothing in front of him. That's how he's driving his big r- your tr- your truck would flip over. There's no way you can drive this way. Uh, but then Spanky is not the most responsible of adults in this film no, to begin with. A little bit, and uh, they convince him take him the last stretch all the way to Los Angeles. And so he does. And he drops them right off at... Universal Studios. Universal Studios! <laughs> That's convenient. The, the contest is at Universal Studios. Um, I just love that the truck from Over the Top was in it. I was like, I know that truck! I think maybe Lincoln Hawk from Over the Top is a member of the Justice League of Truckers. He could have been one of those guys, yeah. You know? um, so they, they get out and they go run up to the the arena inside of Universal <laughs> Studios where this contest is being held, and it is freaking Thunderdome. There's like Molotov flaming cocktails being
2: thrown down from the rafters. There's okay, people
1: screaming everywhere. It's I want to insane. take a minute
2: to recognize the guy that checks them in, who is just the most amped dude of all. Like, everyone involved with this competition, especially the really man, really is just really amped about all of it. But, like, the guy that checks them in. Like, he has the face of, like, someone that, if you catch him in a movie, he's probably going to be a villain. Yeah. And, like, you think he's going to say no when they sign up? You can't come in here, kid. And he's like, you gotta get in there! And, like, he's, just it, yelling, and it. And he's like yelling at him and chopping in the air and stuff. And you're just like, oh my god, what is happening? And you
1: know he's been standing out there in the sun all day in this orange jumpsuit checking in contestants. And I can't believe he's still this excited to be doing it. <laughs> uh, but he gets them in. And again... It's pandemonium inside. It's a huge crowd. I mean, it's just insane. People just screaming, roaring, cheering. There's this hype man who, I guess, is good at his job because he does keep the crowd roaring. But boy, does he get super he, annoying pretty quick. I thought he was great. Really? I love what? that guy, man. Give me, give me, give me, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy.
2: That's like, oh lord, he's the best.
1: Like, like I said, he must be good at the job. Uh, but he's—you he saw him be good. At he's the job. emceeing the That's deal. That's the job. Um, and what's great is, uh, is Jimmy. Jimmy shows up and literally has to go through one challenge
2: round before he gets to the finals. He's just that's it. I mean, like there had to be an entry fee or something, right? No, apparently not. Well, how are there only like thirty people competing?
1: I don't know. He has to complete one challenge round and then he goes to the, to the complete finals. Yep. That's it. And I guess if you can beat all the people who beat all these other people, then what's the point of going through the challenges yourself, like? I guess that's the logic there. Like, if I can beat you and you've beat 20 other people, then obviously I deserve to be going
2: forward instead of you. Sort of. I mean, that's why, like, you know, like baseball season, everyone plays everyone. You don't just... (laughs) 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 Um, Everyone has strengths and weaknesses, you know? So, nerdy bounty hunter still
1: is not dead. He lumbers into Universal Studios... His foot dragging, his eye like swollen from being beat up. His sleeves of his shirt have been ripped. He's not in good shape, and he's basically just lurching his way towards the children like some sort of movie
2: monster. Um, Which, ironically, is also all a, the movie monsters at Universal Studios like accost everyone in the <laughs> Wolfman and Frankenstein. And I don't, I don't know if they actually do this, but I, I hope they do. Like, if we're if If I ever take the family to Universal Studios, I really hope, like, Wolfman is just, like, all up on our shit. And we're just like, God, leave us alone. (laughs) Well, Frankenstein kept tapping on the shoulder. I thought that was fun. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um,
1: And unfortunately for Nerdy Bounty Hunter, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Stepdad also
2: arrived. And they, who look like they came to enjoy the park, stepdad's drinking a slushy. Yeah, and he's like, they stopped hey. for a slushy before going to. Well, you get the feeling he
1: stopped for the slushy. It's still- Mrs. Stepdad is probably like, can we move this along, please? But she has a great line where she says something along the lines of, "My son has been on the road for nine days. <laughs> you said you'd have him back in like two hours. In hours, yeah." Uh, And so Nerdy Bounty Hunter is really concerned because he may not get paid unless he can get these kids real quick. How how did he not negotiate a per diem? Why is it based on him returning the kid? He did not expect this to take nine days. He was not going after America's Most Wanted. He was going after a kid with severe social anxiety disorders and a 10-year-old with a monster mask in his backpack. It should not have taken (laughs) nine days to find these children. He did not prepare for this. That's fair. Um, Then there's... This whole great thing where Lucas, Lucas, you know, Lucas, <laughs> Lucas was watching, uh, Jimmy's elimination round and he sees what a great player Jimmy is. And so he does not want to play him. He'd rather ensure. Yeah. He'd rather win. Yeah. And so when they're outside on the steps, he sees the black shirted, uh, nerdy bounty hunter and says, Hey dude, there's your target right there. Points out Jimmy and hilarious pursuit begins. Hilarious. I thought it was intense. As everybody chases each other onto the Universal Studio Backlot Tour. And if you've ever taken this tour, (laughs) you know exactly where this is heading. (laughs) And I have taken this tour many times and I knew they
2: were going straight to King Kong. To King Kong, yeah. And it was great. Well they had the cool part where they like go underneath it and then like you end up above it, whatever, but like well, not only that, they
1: they end up above it, and the contest is directly below it. No, King Kong is directly below it. They can't possibly have a contest there. <laughs> the spatial dimensions don't do not know, work not out. Not, but it's great. About that. It's great. They run all over the tram. They run through. King. The tram operator is great too because he's talking. He's trying to do like movie quotes and stuff. And yeah. he mentioned something about a movie starring Zsa Zsa Gabor and Pee Wee. Pee Herman as the, <laughs> the romantic leads. But then when they go to uh, King Kong and these kids are running from the bounty hunter who punches out the dad. Oh yeah, dad and uh, Christian Slater also arrive, also run through the tram tour. They're fighting, the, the bounty hunter punches dad in the eye to knock him backwards. There's all this power. And the the guy who's running the tram tour, he's just, he basically shouts something like, um, Please just sit down and have fun! Just have fun, damn it." He's like, have, he has no idea how to deal with this. Um, The kids run up uh, some catwalk and they get high up above. They find a steel cage elevator. And just as the Nerdy Bound Hunter is about to snatch Jimmy, they turn on the elevator and go down. And Jimmy has his big entrance. They've been looking for Jimmy downstairs in the arena. And then the game is starting. The big prop wall falls away and there's Jimmy leaning coolly against the (laughs) console ready to play. It's a great Great entrance for Jimmy. And this is they they announced what they're gonna be playing for their final round, which is a big deal, it is Super Mario Brothers 3.
2: Which Okay, so had not come out. It, when this movie came out, it wasn't released. Right. This was the first anyone saw of this game. Right. This wasn't like it's not like you go on YouTube and watch trailers for this show. Right. <laughs> this was another day, <laughs> This was children. it. Like when I saw this movie, I was like, holy crap, that's it. Because like there are only like a handful of games that had ever even gotten a, a number two, you know. Like, and correct me if I am wrong. I mean, you are you are a man who knows a thing or two about video games. Uh,
1: Super Mario Brothers three is like a huge video game in, in the history of video games. It's like, one of the best. It man. was it was it's one of the so most good. groundbreaking video games.
2: Yeah, and this was the first time anybody got to see it, it was in this movie, The Wizard. <laughs> but like, I remember being a kid and seeing this. Me, like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and just like I don't know, remembering that feeling, I was like, "That's a, that's awesome!" And like that this movie did. that. It could
1: not have hurt the sales of Super Mario Brothers Three. Of course not. Everybody was like, "I saw a little taste of that, and I'm ready for more." Um, so then uh, everybody's sort of reunited in the pit out in front of this final showdown, and it's funny. I told you before how this was a big big auditorium full to the max capacity but somehow in these movies the four people who need to always manage to work their way to the front and no one minds them doing that (laughs) they just go right up to the front of the stage and so you got bo bridges christian slater you got uh the jerky stepdad and the mom is off to the side with nerdy bounty hunter jerky stepdad gets into it he's he's like, like hey this is amazing Look, is that Jimmy up there? That's that's great. And of course, Bob Bridges is like, "That's my son. My son's a finalist. It's, it's incredible." And and you know, Fred Savage is thrilled to see his father again, and all is forgiven. Uh, the mom is off to the side, and she has this really inscrutable look on her face. I couldn't tell what I, was going on in know. her head.
2: Her character is so weird.
1: Yeah, she really. I I couldn't tell what she was thinking. She she's not smiling, so she's not like pleased that her son is doing this remarkable thing. She's, she's, she looks maybe
2: worried, or? What's funny, so like, normally when you have the shitty stepdad, this is the moment in the movie where the mom finally stands up to him, or mm-hmm. something like that, yeah. except they play that scene, except it's her, quote, standing up to the, the nerdy detect, the nerdy bounty hunter guy, but she just really just tells him to be quiet, she doesn't even say you're fired, she mm-hmm. doesn't say you're not getting paid, any of that, Yeah. which, honestly, he should get paid. He did locate them. <laughs> and technically, Lucas located them. <laughs> Um Hey, he he got... He had a, an information source. It worked out. Anyway, um, so like, her being weird just never gets resolved. No. I kind of like that the stepdad's just like... Oh, yeah. He's so totally into it. To no one's surprise, let's just
1: spoil it for, for everyone right now, Jimmy wins. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jimmy wins. And everyone just loses their mind, and... Bo Bridges and Jerky stepdad hug each other. They're like, they're, they're, they can't that's believe That's our, our boy. Yeah, yeah, that's our boy. They are hugging each other. And I love that. And even the worst human being in this movie, <laughs> arguably one of the worst people I've ever seen in any movie, Nerdy that, Bounty though. Hunter, is even he is like, hey, I know that kid. Way to go, kid. That's I mean, awesome. job's over. He yeah. can just be a regular person now. I guess so. But even then, Mom still looks kind of upset. She's like... Not smiling. She's not. She's not even like teary. Like my son did this. It's amazing. Nothing. Um, yeah, mom just still looks kind of upset. But you know, at least fifty thousand dollars will buy an institution with a much higher security. Twenty five. Well. They owe Haley. Oh, that's true. That's true. Well, still twenty five will buy a high grade. You could just be like, hit the road, Haley. Where? <laughs> Show me the contract. Um, and so then <clears throat> the, the the contest is over. Jimmy won. Everyone's heading home in two cars. You got. Uh, mom and jerky stepdad in the front seat of one car with Jimmy in the back and you've got Bill Bridges, Christian Slater, Fred Savage, and Haley the Grifter Girl in the truck that's falling behind them. And as they're driving, Jimmy's just, again, this is the part where I'm like, movie's over? No, it's not over. No. Jimmy looks out the window and as they're driving, he sees these desert dinosaurs, giant dinosaurs just out in the middle of the it's desert. Still there, by the way. Those things are real. I forget exactly where they are. They're somewhere in California. It's It's like... If they're on account. the way to read it yeah okay they be. <laughs> um but there's these big dinosaurs that you can like go into and climb up inside of and there's like a gift shop in there and, and yeah the a yeah, little yeah. dino museum and stuff um he sees he's out the window and he starts saying california and trying to open the door from the inside thankfully they have child safety locks on the on the door so he can't but the mom says pull over pull over they pull over Bo bridges sees them pull over so he's pulling over they all get out. What's wrong? What's wrong? Jimmy bolts out the, the car and into the dinosaur. And he runs all the way up to the top of it. Um, and he takes his little yellow lunchbox full of the tokens of Jennifer, the pictures and stuff of Jennifer, and he takes that with him all the way up to the top of the dinosaur, the, the big brontosaurus. And now prepare yourselves for a genuinely unexpected emotional bombshell, folks. Because... Fred Savage follows him up, they all follow him up, but Fred Savage takes the lead, and he sits to, down next to Jimmy and he says, Jimmy, what is it? And Jimmy hands him a photo, and it's a photo of all of them together before the family unit broke up.
2: It was like the last time it was they like were. It's like the having, last basically. time they were all together.
1: And they're at this place in front of this very dinosaur. They all had a family photo taken. Big smiles on everyone's faces. This entire movie, from scene one, when the alien stretchy guy was walking out across yeah. the highway. All Jimmy's been trying to do is get here so that he can say goodbye to his sister and leave her in the last place he remembered her being happy and say goodbye to her and move on and try to heal. That's all he was trying to do. Yep. The whole That's what California was. And he just didn't know how to communicate.
2: He, didn't, well, he didn't know any more specifically. I mean, he probably yeah. should have said dinosaur, but whatever. Yeah.
1: Now, at this point, I, I'm i thinking, I need to go back and look, and I did.
2: Were those things that he was stacking in any way vaguely dinosaur-shaped? No. But they weren't. No, especially the... I mean, the, the popcorn in the field, like, whatever, that could have been anything, but the the blocks in the, like, treatment no. center? They're just, like, no. pyramids. He was, he was making a castle or something.
1: Yeah, I don't know what they were, but they sure weren't dinosaurs.
2: I feel like there should have been some sort of castle something that, like, near there, there the that dinosaur? looked exactly like that, that and we like something oh. yeah um nope. like... it's funny because like so he he gives this emotional revelation and then it cuts back to everyone's reaction shots to this and like it cuts to beau bridges and like he's like on the verge of tears like yeah. he's really acting like nobody told Bo bridges what movie he's in yeah because yeah, like everyone else is just like yeah that's that's powerful stuff, man. Bo Bridges is. But a Bo sexy. Bridges is like he's that kid's dad. Yeah, and
1: you're just like, holy shit, man! Good and good job, a, Bo. And it's, it's for the you. first time in that movie that Bo kind of allows himself to, to. I mean, we don't see him show affection towards Jimmy in the rest of the movie, but he's not with Jimmy. But like, even when they're talking about Jimmy, he kind of like doesn't let himself talk about Jimmy. All he'll say is, "Jimmy is Christine's responsibility." I can't. That's her her decision. I have nothing to do with it. She got custody. I can't be involved. But here, he's just like, come to me, son. Yeah. And pulls him down and gives him a huge hug. And he's
2: he's teary-eyed. And... And, I mean, maybe we're reading into this because we're parents. But you get the distinct impression that, like, you know, after Jennifer died, he probably was colder to it's his all it's his system. kids.
1: But this is the twin of the daughter he lost.
2: Right. right. And, but, like, Jimmy yeah. might have seen that as blame. Yeah. When, yeah. like, to a parent, it's just, they're dead inside. You know, it's not, it's, there's no way he blames Jimmy. No, this. no. But, but he like, can... Jimmy might feel that way, and so, like, him, them finally hugging, you're like, oh, that, that actually worked really well for really him <laughs> to know It was you
0: know?
1: so unexpected, I thought, wow, where did this come from? And yeah. it was just, it just blew me away. I was really impressed by it. Um, And... Uh, the the mom, Christina, says uh, to Bo Bridges, why don't you take our boys home, Sam, and we'll talk later. Yeah. And that's incredibly, that's progress, right, with their relationship. Um, no one's under the impression they're all, like, she's gonna leave Jerky Stepdad and get married to Bo Bridges again, but at least they're, like,
2: talking again. And, and she's acknowledging, well, it's funny
1: because we're that's... all in this together.
2: As a kid, it I guess I didn't understand the family dynamic at all. Because I thought that was her saying that Bo Bridges was really Jimmy's father. Like, he deserved it. But, like, he's always been his biological that father. He's always been his question. dad. And so, like, it's really about her I guess trusting him with them or yeah. something. I don't know. It's really, like, more her taking ownership over Corey and Christian Slater.
1: Yes. Accepting them. Because that's something that Corey said earlier. We were... Jimmy and Jennifer's half-brothers, but Christina didn't see it that way. He says that line. Yeah. And so you get the impression that maybe Christina wasn't the best mom to them, even though she was their stepmom. She wasn't the best mom to them. Yeah. Like, she didn't think, you're not really my kids. These are my kids. You're...
2: The ones she got her real kids. You right. Know.
1: But now it's like, take our boys home, Sam. Yeah. So that's... That's great. And then um, Bo Bridges, Christian Slater, and three totally unsafe miners ride in the back bed of a pickup truck <laughs> down the highway to go home. End of movie. Yep. Wonderful. Yeah, uh, yeah
2: that was pretty great. So... So... Out of, out of five stars and you can give half stars, what do you... What do oh, you okay. So, like, I, I cannot be trusted to objectively rate this because... Okay, so I, I rented it on iTunes, and they show the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score, and it was like 25.
1: I would give this, out of five stars, I can give points, yeah. I would give this 3.75.
2: Okay. Yeah. I think it's fair. Yeah. That's, a, that's a decent Overall, score. I would give this... It's certainly better than 25% Rotten Tomato rating. No.
1: And this... You go online, you, you put it put in the wizard, there's a lot of people who say they love this movie from their childhood. There's yeah. A lot. I think it just hits a certain demographic. Anybody watching it now, but I'll tell you what, my kids watched it now, like and it. they they both liked it a lot. Yeah, They were in from the get-go. So, uh, Right about this time on the podcast is when we decide whether this movie is worth another go-around on the uh, Hollywood
2: merry-go-round. Um, well, so, and, when I watch this this time, I start thinking, how did this movie get made? Because, so, in the 80s, having this movie without all the Nintendo in it, ...was actually very possible. Like, those kind of movies did get made. Sure. They definitely don't get made now. But, like, so... there. We talked about this at the beginning. There, there's very heavy stuff going on for this to be a, an advertisement for Nintendo. So, imagine them doing this, like, almost indie drama. And then some bigwig is like, you know what? What if it was also a commercial for the NES you feel like, why were those things married? I mean, I, I think it works. I mean, sort well, of. Well, there is a version
1: of this movie that has no video game component to it. Or, that, or just... The version of this movie with no video game component to it is called Rain Man. <laughs> About a brother who steals his brother out of an institution, takes him across the country to win in a giant tournament. Yeah, okay.
2: There's no video game involved. He's just winning at gambling. Well, you could have even done this with video games and just done less been less pornographic about it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know... But
1: the heart of the story is what makes it work. The heart of. The yes. heart of. It, not the video games. The video games is a... a, a trappings, basically. It's... it's but uh, I think it works pretty well. And, and I think that <clears throat> there's always room for kids running away making it without the adults' movies and TV shows. There's... Everyone likes to watch that story where the kids... Say, you know, the adults don't understand us. We're going to do this on our own. And then they
2: take off on their wild adventure. I mean, outside of, I mean, I guess Stranger Mm -hmm. Things is the only recent thing in memory that I can think of that kind of hits that... Stranger Things is great, But again, that's set in the 1980s. (laughs) That's specifically set there. and it's specifically nostalgic. But there's a lot of movies
1: that... uh, Well, I'm trying to think of more recent ones, though.
2: Yeah. Like, in the last ten years, I'm coming up blank.
1: Well, again, I think that there's room in, in... the market for that, then.
0: But oh, I agree.
1: Yeah, so I would definitely do it. Uh, if you were going to do it for today's audiences, is there anything you would change?
2: Make it all about Overwatch. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things that you'd have trouble with because, like the ubiquity of cell phones and things, make a lot of these things like impossible. How do you mean? I just I don't believe, like oh, I barely oh. believe that these kids would be able to not get picked up by cops I in eighty nine, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in twenty eighteen, no, no, way. What if you
1: set it as a period piece in, in the nineteen
2: eighties? was the thing. It? I still kind of don't believe it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you redo it today, but yeah, okay. They don't have to stop. I cell phones, ruin, cell phones ruin ruin a lot of movie scripts, yeah. I think.
1: They well, because they they have made everything so much simpler for our lives that we struggle with a lot less because
2: we have them. So anybody can get anywhere they need to go. And they it's can more about knowing like, anything they need to know. As soon as you find out crucial information, you should be calling the person that needs that crucial information. Right. Like a lot of times that's like the the whole crux of a movie is someone not knowing crucial information. I'll tell you something I would change if if I
1: was redoing this. The first thing that I was thinking was: I need to see some correlation between the skills Jimmy learns along the journey to the championships and the moves he later employs in winning the games. Like, let's have a scene where the kids have to make their way across like a dangerous five-lane highway, and then Jimmy uses that to win it Frogger. <laughs> You know, like, let's see the kids hurling barrels down on the poor nerdy bounty hunter and then he has to play Donkey Kong. Or, you know, I don't know, steal a car and then they have to play pole position or something like that, where, like, there's some sort of correlation between the game skills he's picking up and the story that's getting him to the competition. Maybe. That, That sounds a little on the nose. I would also argue that you should have, like, some of the story told in like Jimmy Vision so like you're seeing like parts of the thing unfold like in the way he's seeing it but he's seeing it all like in terms of video game stuff so like yeah maybe maybe he sees um maybe he sees the like like maybe he sees his brother Cory as like like Link or something uh you know the knight on a quest maybe he sees Jennifer as like the lost princess the mushroom princess trapped in a castle far away uh Maybe he sees nerdy bounty hunters like Bowser from Mario Brothers or something. I don't know, but you could like, you could like make the video games themselves more a part of the,
2: the cinematography, cinematography, the 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 way that it's filmed. You know, I would have liked to have. I think Jimmy Vision is a good idea about kind of showing like I would have loved to to have been a scene of like Fred Savage and Haley arguing or something, and just. Jimmy hears all this noise, and then he just turns to the arcade machine, and it all goes blank, and all he hears is the arcade, and mm-hmm. he's just, like, oh. and just, like, plays, like, because clearly that's him escaping. Yeah. And they don't really talk about that or anything, and, like, I really wish there had been, I mean, I said this while we were talking about it, but I really wish they'd made it clear that it was trauma that was the issue at the beginning. Yeah. And that he couldn't handle it because he's eight or whatever, you know? Um the other thing that
1: i would i think i i think i would have to simplify the family dynamic a bit i just <laughs> it was needlessly it complicated. was needlessly complicated i'm not saying there isn't a place for movies about really complicated family structures sure. because it everybody's happens. got complicated family structures yeah. these days but in the purpose for the purpose of storytelling it didn't serve to really further the story along to to have all these weirder not weirder but
2: All these relationships that you had to figure out as you went along. Yeah, it's it's not bad that they had, you know, that they were a second marriage and now they were also divorced or anything like that. It was weird that we didn't know it. That we had to figure it out. That it was like a puzzle for us to solve. And it didn't mean anything. It was just a puzzle to solve that, yeah, they had a complicated family. Why is that a mystery that you laid out these breadcrumbs about? Yeah, either
1: explain it much better early on. Yeah. Or... Make it so that Christina is just the natural mother of all three. Or, you know, like, she 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 was their natural right, mother. that wouldn't have changed. Anything. When this trauma happened, she and Bo broke up and she married
2: the other guy. And Although, that's but it. That, that makes a lot more sense why Bo ended up with those kids and not... Right, but it could just as easily have been a, a custody split.
1: You know, Jimmy was the I one must... who needed her more because he, he had special needs. and Who knows?
2: I just think you should have explained it. Yeah.
1: Um, but still I, I think I think you could definitely uh take another turn at this game. Um, especially since video games have come so much further since the nineteen eighties. Uh I mean I was talking in terms of nineteen eighties video games for Jimmy Vision, but we don't have to stick to that. It could be, you know, he could be looking at uh he could be looking at Nerdy Bounty Hunter and seeing the creepy guy from Hello Neighbor or uh yeah it could or be you know, anything anything you know Overwatch could come save the day in his mind or whatever Well the
2: big problem with that is that like arcades are kind of dead That's true. And if you want to play in a video game competition outside of the actual finals you do it you can online play it from your home. Yeah, that's true.
1: How would you get around that? Hmm.
2: I don't know. I think you might have hit it with making it a period piece. Yeah, maybe
1: maybe Although the the it just strikes me the visual similarities between Nerdy Bounty Hunter and the Hello Neighbor guy. Suddenly, <laughs> I'm really seeing them paralleled right now in my mind. It works. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad you had us uh, do this one. I had never seen this particular gem from the 1980s, and now I've got another one on file.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess my my thought of whether or not they should redo it is probably no, no, because I think this was again i have trouble being objective about whether or not this is a good movie but i think it is mm-hmm. i think it is a good marriage of things that kids think is really cool and an actual like interesting story and like no it's not perfect but like it could have been so much worse if you think about a movie so your justification is it eh, could have no, been worse is, no what i'm saying is I feel like this serendipity happened to bring all these things together into a cohesive movie. Whereas if you made it now, the chances that it would actually be pulled off with any sort of nuance is, like, you would get, what was that movie with Adam Sandler and the, the, uh... Stop, stop,
1: just say Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like,
2: the the, the, the way they like, play video games against uh, aliens. Oh, yeah, Uh, Pixels, Pixels, I think. Where it's just so dumb. And, like, it's the sort of movie where, like, the premise isn't actually all that important. It's about like how do you execute it. And like this feels like it was actually executed pretty well. Yeah. Uh and I just have zero faith that, that could be that, that could happen again. Yeah, maybe. I don't I'm really trying very hard not to say I don't think lightning can strike twice, because I don't want to call this lightning because it's not that good. <laughs> but I do really enjoy it. And I think it's better than it has any right to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good description of it. It's better than it has any right to be. Yeah. Uh, you would think it wouldn't be you would think it wouldn't work going in, but it
2: ends up working quite well, actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, that's it for this episode, folks. Uh, If you consider yourselves to be a happy citizen of this, our fair illumination, please go ahead and tell your friends, tell your lovers, for that matter, tell your friends' lovers, uh, that they can find this and all other episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever better podcasts are found. You can also find us over at the Illuminates website, illuminates.rocks. And if you want to give us a like or review or iTunes, we would surely appreciate that. Or email. Or email us. You can email us. You can write in with all your comments, suggestions, requests, whatever you got. Email us at IlluminateesPodcast at gmail.com uh, We will talk to you again real soon. Until then,
2: we've done our job, Hollywood. Oh, before we sign off, ah! a little apology here about why you had to wait so long in between episodes is because there is a missing Episode. The lost. The lost episode episode where the first 15 to 20 minutes just didn't record. And then when we think about it, we didn't really like it anyway. So we're just Yeah.
1: So this this is footage that there's some footage of this episode. We may release at a later date as a special bonus, but uh So this this is actually not like gonna be a treat for anyone. (laughs) This is actually episode five B. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Episode 5A is in a locked vault, uh, what little we have of it, and uh, perhaps it'll see the light of day at a later date, but uh, yeah, uh, that just so you know was um, the uh, 1980s, (laughs) the 1980s Supercopter film, uh, Supercopter television series, Airwolf, uh,
2: which... uh, No, it was Critters. No, we watched Critters, we didn't record Critters. Oh man, so that's why this is taking forever. Critters <laughs> are so bad we didn't even record it and then we ruined the Airwolf thing. Oh dear. Oh man, and God, Airwolf is rough. Airwolf was rough. So like, that's that's our little episode is, could you remake it? Sure, but God, Airwolf you? Is, is not something you should go back and watch. We might do an
1: episode later on about just general super vehicle TV shows later sure. on. yeah, Because yeah. there were a lot of them in the 80s, but Airwolf not particularly. Um, anyway, some other time folks but thank you for joining us this time for The Wizard I'm glad we watched it I had fun excellent hopefully you did too uh, until next time we've done our job Hollywood now you do yours Send me an